Ever wonder the true power of sports? Well, you come to the right place. Welcome to the Sports for Social Impact podcast. I'm David Thibodeau, and I believe that by exploring the intersection between sport and society, we can better leverage the sport industry for maximum impact. We explore what sports true power is to understand the impacts on and the impacts of sports on society. Join me as we learn how sports can influence important policy areas such as the environment, transportation, education, and so much more. My dad had an expression. So I'm going to come to my dad and say, let me tell you what I value. My dad would say, no, no. Show me your budget. I'll tell you what you value. I'm honored to present you with the details of BC Budget 2023. J'ai l'honneur de présenter le budget 2023-2024 du Québec. We can continue to invest in Canadians and in the Canadian economy for years to come. Budget 23 secures Alberta's future by growing and diversifying the economy. Budget 2023 builds on our clean BC commitments with new targeted investments and active transportation networks across the province. Nous voulons également encourager la pratique du sport et de l'activité physique chez les Québécois. So off the top, that was Joe Biden speaking about budget and values, which you know really speaks to what we've been talking about on this podcast a lot. Budgets reflect values. And that's what this episode is all about. So it was featured in that little intro segment, there was the Honorable Catherine Conroy, the Minister of Finance for British Columbia, the Minister of Finance for Quebec, Eric Girard, and the Minister of Finance for Canada, Christian Freeland, and Minister of Finance, Travis Toes for Alberta. Now, we'll do in this episode, we'll do a little bit of a dive into a selection of different uh, budgets from across the country, both provincial and federal, um, just to sort of see what is happening in sport and recreation uh, across the country and see how different provinces are valuing uh, those investments or, and, and you know, con- investing in Canadians in that way. So typically we cover a lot of budgets in the new segment of the, of the podcast. So I thought it would be good to really wrap it up into one and, and not spread it out so much and do a little bit of a deeper dive. Um, but so this, yeah, this episode was just uh, focusing on a couple of select budgets from provincial and the federal budget in, in Canada. But uh, in the show notes, there's a link to the Sports for Social Impact podcast website where we do an analysis on all the budgets across Canada. So you can go there to look uh, and find out a little bit more about what's happening in, in every province. Because it just, it just is so important you know, the, the investments that, but governments, whether the city government, uh, local governments, uh, you know, federal, provincial, state, whatever level of government, uh, their investments in sport and recreation really do have such, such a big impact on how people get active and stay active every day. So for the news, I recently read an article um, in a news source that I subscribe to here in Canada, and it was about tech and the fitness industry. And it really just got me thinking about how you know, over the last three years, um, uh, what, what we thought about sport and fitness and, and tech has has changed a lot. So, you know, everybody remembers, you know, March 2020, right? Global shutdown. We couldn't do what we wanted to do. Everything everything changed. Pools, gyms, fields, courts were shut down. Everyone was told to stay home and to social distance. Suddenly, everything that we had in our day-to-day lives was digital. So, you know, uh, Peloton sales, so the, the stationary bike at home shot up, you know, the, the sales shot up by September, 2020, 
downloads of the Nike Run Club app shot up by millions. It really seemed that the future was digital. The fitness industry was starting to make bets and investing in tech as the future of the fitness industry. Lululemon, the, you know, the fitness apparel company that's based in Vancouver, British Columbia, bought Mirror, a tech company. This product offers both uh, pre-recorded and live workouts. The fitness industry really thought tech and, the, and stay-at-home workouts were here to stay and per, you know, pretty permanently and pretty permanent fixtures of our life. They seem to be wrong. As we've seen over the last three years, since things have opened up again, since, uh, since COVID social distancing measures and uh, emergency lockdowns and everything have stopped happening, people prefer in-person experiences. As soon as they could, they left their homes and returned to the gym. While you know, tech is no doubt here to stay, and obviously there is a place, right? You can get a quick workout in at home you know, really easily now. Using these, using these, you know, technology, you know, you know, mirror from Lululemon or uh, Peloton, it's so much easier to do these at home. So th- these are definitely here to stay, but it's definitely not as big as a part of our, our of our lives as people were betting on. So I just thought it was really interesting to sort of think about this evolution of where we thought the industry was going, what we thought was going to happen, and how it actually worked out. So yeah, it's just some just some food for thought on the future of the fitness industry. Um, so you know, the future of sport is still evolving. You know, we, it can still you know turn back around. We can be more focused on tech and and stay at home activities rather than in person activities. But um, I I personally think that you know people prefer to do sport in person and with other people. I think there's a camaraderie. Um, you know, that, uh, that, that you get from doing a hard, really hard workout with others that you don't get at home, right? You push each other, you learn from each other. I, I think there's just a different experience that you get when you're all together like that. And so that is the news for this week. When picking the budgets I wanted to talk about in this episode, I tried to pick, uh, you know, uh, from all regions of Canada. So I have East, West, uh, you know, Central, uh, big provinces, small provinces, and the federal government. I really wanted to try to show, um, you know, how different provinces and different regions in the country are talking about sport. Um, you know, and there are some very big differences um, in between provinces and the federal government. And just a, so, just preface before we really get into the individual budgets. Um, but so all everything that I'm highlighting is really, uh, just new spending. So there's obviously, you know, ongoing budgets and ongoing programs that are run, uh, by, uh, the, by, by provincial and federal governments in Canada. But so everything that talked about in this podcast are real, is really just new commitments and new spending from the governments, uh, over the next couple of years, um, towards sport recreation. We will start with the federal budget. So Canada's federal government um, had two had uh, two announcements about sport. The first one, one was that they were putting $13.8 million over the next three years to enhance accountability and support efforts to build a safe and accountable sports system. 
They're also providing 10 million over the next two years towards participation, their participation Let's Get Moving initiative, which will continue supporting national programming that aims to increase daily physical activity among Canadians. There is very little new spending happening at the federal level at the federal level to invest in sport and recreation across Canada. In British Columbia, on Canada's west coast, the government mostly invested in BC parks to expand access to outdoor recreation across the province. It also included the first ever line specifically for active transport. So over the next three years, they're putting $100 million towards active transport. There's $70 million in operating funding to BC parks and $31 million in capital funding to BC parks. I found it also interesting, their budget did outline uh, some of the labor market statistics for the province. And in 2022, BC saw the creation of 17,000 jobs in information, culture, and recreation, showing really strong growth in that sector. Moving east across Canada, uh, we're looking at Alberta, the government of Alberta. So Alberta, the provincial government, focused mostly on capital spending on infrastructure to build up the capacity for sport and recreation across the province. So they provided $352 million in capital spending for sports and recreation, which is only 2% of their entire capital plan over the next three years. And of that $352 million, $213 million goes specifically to sport. So $150 million uh, over the next three years, so $50 million a year, to increase the Community Facility Enhancement Program. So this program funds nonprofits to upgrade, fix, um, you know, renovate, uh, et cetera, sport and recreational and cultural facility facilities. They have 14 million over three years to allow development of land trails, 15 million over the three years to the Canmore Nordic Center for Upgrades, 15 million to the MNP Community Sports Center in Calgary, 18 million to Windsport Day Lodge for, for renovation, 11 million for other sport and recreation programs over three years. Next up, we'll look at Quebec. So out of all the budgets examined, Quebec has the most extensive sport-related items in their budget. I was very thoroughly impressed about how they are looking at sport and how they are investing in sport and getting Quebecers moving. Um, it is in more than one section of the budget. So firstly, that they, uh, they're investing $789 million towards improving student retention and success. You know, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, how... Um, you know, uh, sports help keep young students in schools. So through this fund, they want to promote educational success and equal opportunity. It will also enable more youth to participate in sports, arts, and science programs. So the Quebec government wants all public schools to offer at least one special project, so arts, science, or sports, um, it, throughout, the, throughout the province. So they are using sport as a specific tool to retain students in schools and increase the graduation rate. So specifically for getting Quebecers moving. So they're putting $88.4 million by 2027-2028 to get Quebecers up and active. So $72.7 million is to improve access and participation in recreation, sports, and physical activity. $13 million to strengthen protection and the integrity of sport and rec and 2.7 million to continue developing the national trail in Quebec. So this is their provincial cycling trail. A further 300 million is being provided 
in the 2023 to 2033 Quebec Infrastructure Plan to fund development and maintenance of sport, recreation, and outdoor infrastructure. The Quebec government is also making investments to help make the active uh, to help active aging of seniors. They are providing 106 million dollars to consolidate measures to promote this. They are making strides to promote active transport in the province with an additional 15 million to active mobility in Quebec City. They are also making investments to get Quebecers outside and in their parks. So they're providing 16.5 million to, to the diversification of the outdoor recreational infrastructure to offer access to greater number of natural environments. 50.3 million to Quebec park system and 4.6 million for electric bikes to offer year-round access to the summit of the Parc National du Mont Bégantique. So Quebec is making huge and very strategic investments in their province to get Quebecers up and active, unlike any other province that I examined in Canada. So in New Brunswick on Canada's east coast, uh, one of Canada's smallest provinces, uh, New Brunswick is trying to increase some access to sport and recreation with targeted programs. So their Go NB program uh, and taking action through sport grant is $300,000 a year. And they launched a sport development trust fund for $100,000. Now, there wasn't exactly details on the sport development trust fund, so I'm not exactly sure how it will be used or what it will go towards and how it will be divvied up but I will be watching and seeing to see what happens there. They are also providing capital funding to increase access to sport. So they're providing 1 million to, uh, to help rural districts assist uh, uh, rural communities purchasing, purchase emergency equipment, construction and repair fire halls, as well as repair community centers and recreation facilities. And they're also providing $5.1 million to carry out improvements to provincial parks, attractions, and heritage sites. So as you can see, there's you know very different things happening across the country. Um, you know, there's investments in active transport. There's investments in parks. There's investments in um, you know sport for development, and there's uh, investments in safe sport. So there's, so there's a lot of different work and a lot of different policy priorities happening across Canada. Um, but what does I think you know as a whole, what does this really show? That we are not taking sport for development seriously. Canada and its provinces, you know, with the exception, I would say, of Quebec, is not making strategic investments in sport and access to sport. Quebec is, seems to be, from, from examining this budget, leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of Canada. Budgets reflect values, as we so often said. So I don't, uh, what does this budget value? These, these, these numbers do not show me that the governments are valuing sport and physical activity. It's often been said that, you know, uh, you know, it's not just Canada experiencing this, but, you know, our healthcare system is in crisis. You know, shortage of doctors, nurses, um, you know, our hospitals are at capacity. Uh, and how can, you know, we are built, our built environment is, you know, uh, removing physical activity entirely. How can we get our citizens to be more active, to get them out of the hospitals, to help ease the crisis in our, in our, on our healthcare system? These are all important questions that I think need to be answered um, you know, by governments and by politicians and elected officials. So there are some regional differences 
um, you know, that, that are reflected in the budget and, you know, that present different challenges to different provinces in the federal government in, in Canada. So you know, New Brunswick is a smaller province. It's also said to be one of the most rural provinces. So meaning that it has uh, lots of people living outside of its major cities. This poses tough challenges and to, to providing access to sport and recreation facilities and opportunities for, for you know, really small and rural communities. So there are differences uh, between provinces and differences between you know, uh, communities within a province. Um, so it, it's, it's really interesting to think about how we can address these problems uh, and, and the way forward on those. But so what do I think is missing from these budgets? And I guess policy, you know, sport and recreation policy in general. So I think just from my own observations, um, there seems to be a, an infrastructure deficit in this country. Uh, as a swim coach, you know, I've coached in four different cities and three different provinces. It always seems that we are pressed for space. Um, historically, you know, in this country, this country has invested a lot into hockey. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure what, it, it, you know, what hockey time is like uh, for, for, for community hockey teams. But I know that for a coach, as a, you know, as a swim coach, the pool that I coach at right now, there's like four different swim teams swimming at the same time. There's synchro, there's diving, there's swim lessons. Um, there's uh, uh, lanes open for public swimming. It's always absolutely packed. Um, and you know, two pools recently closed in the downtown area where where I where I live. There's a big discussion out east in my hometown of Fredericton, New Brunswick, where they're you know they've been talking about building a new pool for 15, 20 years, and it just can't seem to happen. So you know, there's there's I think there's an interesting discussion about infrastructure needs in this country. So I would really like to see a full review and analysis of what resources we currently have. So you know, public, private, non for profit, all recreational facilities. Um, need to be reviewed and we need to fill in those gaps. I would also like to see, I guess, a more holistic approach to active aging and active communities. Um, you know, right now I think we're spending money in the wrong way. Uh, so instead of building activity into, so instead of building activity into our lives every day and building a built environment that encourages movement, we're spending money on campaigns to get people to be active, right? So $10 million towards the participation uh, the, the participation campaign to get Canadians moving. You know, Quebec is spending money on getting uh, seniors to be more active. It seems to me that we're spending money on the problem and not the root cause of the problem, right? So the root cause of the problem is that we are, we've built and we've built our cities, we've built a, our communities to be sedentary. Uh, you know, increasingly governments in Canada are spending more and more on healthcare billions more each year. So it's estimated that in physical inactivity costs about $10 billion a year in Canada. In 2017, 64% of adults in Canada were overweight or, or obese. The economic costs of obesity in 2008 in Canada was $4.6 billion. Estimates rise to $7.1 billion when based on costs associated with eight, uh, when, when based on costs associated with 18 chronic diseases linked to obesity. So there's really big issues that we need to address in our society, and we're not necessarily addressing the root cause of, of our physical inactivity, right? Physical activity is great and can solve so many problems and, has, and can have really positive impacts, but we're not 
addressing it from at the, the root of the problem. We're, we're addressing the problem, not necessarily the root of the problem. So Canada is set to release uh, our newly developed and uh, updated sport policy. So this will be in, uh, in place from 2023 to 2033. I think a 10-year policy is a a really long policy have in place. I, I think it should be a little bit shorter. It gives us more flexibility to update and and you know review and uh, analyze the data that we're trying to do. It will be interesting to see what comes out of this and how we implement this policy and how we try to achieve the goals of this policy. So in closing, um, I just want to, you know, some final thoughts on, on budgets here in Canada. There are obviously regional differences that need to be kept in mind, right? So New Brunswick is, uh, you know, a small province. It has, I, I've heard that it is one of the most rural provinces in the country. So about 50% of its population does not live in a city, you know, versus other, other provinces where the majority of its citizens live in cities. So each province does, does face its own set of challenges. But what what was my key takeaway from all you know all these budgets is that we have a lot a long way to go. Uh, elected officials, politicians, policymakers, governments as a whole have not fully come to grasp the capacity that sport has to have an impact, a positive impact in our society. How we can create more sustainable communities how it can tackle the healthcare crisis, how it can help tackle climate change. We need, I think we need more strategic investments in sport and sport organizations and, pol- and you know, we need to create policies that allow sport organizations to innovate in these spaces, to innovate uh, and create the future of sport in this country, to create a more inclusive and accessible and safe sport industry. So those are just some of my closing thoughts on, you know, the state of sport and the uh, you're just coming out of the budget season here in Canada. So I'm interested. I'm interested to know what others have experienced in your countries. Do you think that your government and your city and your local government and your national government are making strategic investments in sport? Reach out to the Sports Potential Impact on social media. Send us an email, or you can respond uh, in the app on Spotify. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'd love to hear all of your thoughts. So that is it from me for this episode of the Sports for Social Impact podcast. Thank you for so much for listening and we will talk with you next time. <laughs>